Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind the top nonprofit signature fundraisers and galas to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm thrilled to have Derek Blunt. Derek is the board treasurer, as well as the master of ceremonies for an organization called the Aging Mind Foundation, and he was the master of ceremonies for the 2023 Forget Me Not Gala, which raised funds for the organization. So I brought Derek on today. You know, we haven't had a board treasurer on yet as a guest. So one of the things that we're going to talk a little bit about are a little bit more about the financials a little bit and the cost per head, which we haven't done yet. So Derek, I'm thrilled to have you on as a guest. And thank you so much for joining us today. Rob, I am pleased to be here, and and I cannot believe that you haven't had treasurers of boards on before. Because <laughs> when it comes to excitement in this world, the treasurers, you know, we're where it's at. We are the exciting part of the well, board. I gotta say, not for <laughs> I gotta say, Derek, you're the most. Ex- I gotta say, it's you're the most exciting treasurer I've ever encountered because you're a treasurer who's also a master of ceremonies, and. We'll get into that a little bit when we when we get to the point where we're talking about the event, because I want to know how you're able to do that with both sides of your personality, because that is a rare, rare feat, my friend. Well, well, thank you. Rare is what I go for in life. So uh, we, no, I, I am, uh, you know, it's, it's I've been very honored and 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 also humbled uh, to be able to work with Aging Mind Foundation and uh, to bring whatever background I may have uh, from a financial standpoint to the board uh, and to assist in that manner. But then also to kind of use the other side of the brain uh, and the other side of the personality to do something like a master of ceremonies uh, and to you know just provide some energy to an event. Is, that's always very exciting. Also, I, I love doing both of those things. And, and I am very uh, blessed to be able to do that with Aging Mind Foundation. That's terrific. Now, for those those of us or those people listening who are not familiar, can you tell a little bit tell us a little bit about what the mission of the Aging Mind Foundation is? I'd love to do that. As you may guess from the name, you know, Aging Mind Foundation is uh, based around uh, Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. And uh, what Aging Mind Foundation does, you know, we are a not-for-profit organization, and you know, we fundraise in order to provide money to research projects into the field of Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. But Aging Mind is a little bit different. You know, there are other programs, or there are other organizations that uh, are, are raising money and that are trying to work on things for Alzheimer's and, and dementia, uh, where it's treating the disease. Aging Mind Foundation is a little bit different in that our mission is to raise funds to provide research seeking the cause of Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. And that, that's a little bit different than, you know, treating the symptoms, trying to, you know, reverse things that might be happening out there just to make them better. We're actually seeking, you know, why do these things happen in the first place? Because uh, Alzheimer's disease, dementia, I mean, these things are diseases. And like anything else, if you can find the root cause, if you find out what it actually happens uh, inside the brain that results in these diseases, it gives us a much greater chance of being able to prevent these things from from ever starting in future generations, just like we developed, uh, you know, vaccines for uh, polio, for, for different things that are, are terrible. But once you find out why they're there, that gives you a better chance of preventing it in the future. And that's what Aging Mind Foundation is all about, is we're on a mission to find the cause of Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. That's really incredible. And, you know, what I really like about what you all do is I always say, like to say, and there's really two types of things in the world. There's journey people and destination people, and that can apply 
to organizations as well. And it's so important because I think with, with so many causes, you know, Alzheimer's being one that affects so many people, cancer being the same, so many people just want to get to the end result, but so much of it is just understanding why it happens. Because when you get to why it happens, you can get to the preventative measures first to help prevent it and or slow it down. And then the cure eventually comes. So I, what you, what you all do is really such an important part in such a complex issue, not just met complex mentally, not just for the patient, but also the family that the family and the close friends that have to, you know, you know, endure and, you know, watch, you know, someone that they love, you know, solely deteriorate over time. Yes, you're exactly right. And that's where it, it's extraordinary. Once you become involved uh, in a group like this uh, is seeing just how far reaching tragically Alzheimer's and dementia can be that everybody, you know, has been impacted by it somewhere with a, a grandparent, a parent, a spouse, a good friend, whatever it might be that, you know, so many of us you know, see this happen. And it's such a, uh, you know, it's often described as a cruel disease and, and it is because, uh, you know, Health is certainly impacted, but to see the mind impacted and somebody who's been vibrant, who's been – once Alzheimer's kicks in, once dementia kicks in, all those things, they're, they're a little bit less of the person they used to be, and you still love them just as much, and it breaks your heart because you're seeing what they're going through, and it is so hard not just on the individual who has it, but as you mentioned – on the loved ones, on the people who are there watching it take place and wanting to support and wanting and still loving them. It, it is a very difficult thing and very important for us to be able to find, uh, you know, that underlying cause so that we can work towards prevention and cure. So, you know, that, that's a good segue um, to the next question I have for you. And that is, you know, people, you, you had mentioned, you know, earlier that, you know, everyone really has been impacted and taught, you know, tied some way to Alzheimer's disease and dementia. I, I have yet to meet, a, I haven't met a person in a long time who hasn't. Tell us, you know, a little bit about how you initially became involved with the Aging Mind Foundation. Sure. Like most members of our board and, and most supporters of our cause, you know, I, I too was personally impacted. Uh, my mother uh, was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia, uh, which is a form of dementia uh, that was several years ago. And uh, she passed away last summer in uh, July of, of 2021 or uh, 2022. And, uh, you know, through that, there's a sense of helplessness that comes when someone you love is undergoing something like that. And there's nothing that you can do. You can love them you can be there for them but you can't help them and ag mind foundation gave me an outlet to say hey here's something that i can actually do i can go work with this organization help to raise money that's going to fund research that one of these days just might make that breakthrough uh, that can prevent this from happening to other people because i don't want my children that generation to have to deal with this and and their children and and you know we, we have an opportunity now to try to stop this thing to arrest it in place uh so that's really just the ability to do whatever i can and i can't do the research i am not a scientist i don't have a phd any of these things but i can raise some money and i can help out this organization to be able to help those who do have the qualifications who do the research who can make the difference that's what i can do and it gives me something to, to honor my mother with and and that's true for for so many people on our board again whether it's a, a spouse a grandparent a parent a loved one anything like that uh that's really you know what we're all there for is to honor them and to do what we can for future generations to prevent this thing absolutely and you know it 
the Aging Mind Foundation is 10 years old, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, correct? It was founded in 2013. Correct. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the advances in memory care and treatment that, you know, you're familiar with or that, you know, that the public at large may not be familiar with that have happened, you know, during the last 10 years. You know, there's been a number of things that uh, have developed over the last 10 years and, and things that we've seen. Now, it's a little bit different. I'm not going to go into too many details because, like I say, Aging Mind Foundation, right. we're not sponsoring things for treatment. We're not sponsoring right. projects, you know, for that. That You know, we are looking for that root cause and, and we haven't found that cause yet, but we're <laughs> we're working on it. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I would say, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I've seen over the last 10 years has been the broader – acknowledgement, the broader awareness just of Alzheimer's and dementia. And, uh, you know, we have statistics on our website of, you know, the increase in diagnoses of various types of dementia over the last 10 years, how much more often it's diagnosed now. And, and that's not necessarily representative of, hey, people are getting this more now, but it's right. more representative of, hey, we now know what this is. We recognize it. It's not just, you know, grandpa forgets things. It's not just, you know, grandma right. went off the deep end, anything like that. I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, we're starting to recognize this for what it is as a disease and recognizing, uh, you know, how people are impacted by it and the different types. Once upon a time, we just called it Alzheimer's because that was right. the most famous of them. And now recognizing that there are so many different types of dementia and uh, that these things are being diagnosed more accurately now, and people are coming to accept that more now and uh, understanding that, you know, diseases of the mind are just as real and impactful as heart disease and cancer and anything like that, that, that it all, you know, is right in there with it. Uh, and just that broader awareness of it, I think, has been really something to watch over the last decade. Well, and it's 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 interesting that you, you know, in the last decade, there definitely has been increased awareness. And it, it's you can tell a good organization because they they found it or they started at the right time. And for me, 10 years ago was kind of when people were starting to kind of understand the difference between and I had a grandmother who passed away about 15 years ago, and that she was never really able to be accurately diagnosed. Was it dementia? Was it Lou body dementia? Was it Alzheimer's? And you all came along right at the time where, you know, you People, one, there's more awareness, but two, it also is, it's it's allowing um, awareness to really beget more, how do we, I'm trying to figure out the right, right phrase here. It, it really allows um, the preventative, it really, uh, preventative and care and kind of how and why these things begin. So I think it's really, um, I think it's really noble you know, that you all began and that you're still continuing that 10 years later. And hopefully, you know, in the next 10 years, we'll be able to figure out what that root cause is and, you know, be able to figure out, how, you know, from that point, you know, where to go from here. Yeah. And I think you also are, are dead on, Rob, when you talk about awareness, you know, awareness also begets involvement. And uh, yeah, 10 years ago, uh, Aging Mind Foundation was started by two individuals as a Larry Holshoff and Bill Buziotis. And, you know, they were at a stage in life where they had seen good close friends of theirs uh, impacted and, you know, suffer from Alzheimer's and, and other dementias. And, you know, Bill and Larie began looking into it and saying, well, how, how is this research? What's going on in this? What are the funds? I mean, we all are aware of, you know, the, the big organizations raising funds for medical research and treatment and all of that for various things. But what about for Alzheimer's? What about for dementia? And is anybody even looking into why these things happen in the first place? And, you know, from that, uh, Lurie and Bill developed 
AG Mind Foundation and said, we need to start something that we can actually really focus on the cause of the, this disease. And, uh, you know, gathered friends, gathered family, you know, started this thing from scratch. And we have been so fortunate. Uh, Bill is no longer with us. Larry is still highly involved as, as our founder. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm on the board. Larry and I have, have served on boards in the past. And when she started AG Mind Foundation, uh, she began talking to me about it, got excited. And I finally joined the board a few years later. Uh, but, you know, in that time, in 10 years, thanks to the vision of, of these founders, uh, Aging Mind Foundation has raised more than $5 million for research, and, and we uh, do uh, provide one grant per year. Uh, we have uh, research groups from all over the country. Uh, we'll submit their proposal ideas as far as the research projects they're looking at, and we will select one. Uh, the reason we only do one is because we want to maximize our dollar impact, and we don't want to spread it too thin. We want to be able to provide one good amount of money uh, to a researcher who's got a project that we really believe hits towards uh, you know, the mission of the organization. And, you know, during that time, AG Mind Foundation has supported projects from uh, Yale University's medical school. We've uh, worked with uh, uh, University of Pittsburgh, Cleveland Clinic, Columbia Medical School, UT Southwestern Medical Center. Uh, this year's grant has gone to Harvard Medical School. Uh, Dr. Bruce Yankner uh, is spearheading a project over there that we Fantastic. think is showing just terrific progress. Uh, so yeah, so it's amazing. 10 years, and these are all the different grants and the different research projects that have happened and the money that's been raised. But it all starts with an idea. And we owe a lot to uh, Larry Holshoff and, and to Bill Buziotis for starting the organization. Well, I love how you explain that. And to me, what I love about that statement is, is that you pick not necessarily what's even, because yours is a broader cure and it's a more universal thing as opposed to a community specific um, problem. It, it's, a, it's much more of a global problem. What I really appreciate is, you know, you're headquartering, you're based in Dallas, but you look for the best idea regardless of where it is. And the fact that you've been able to give grants to, you know, such prestigious institutions as Harvard or as, um, as Columbia, it really is, it showcases that you really are an organization that cares most about finding out the cause, regardless of where that where that person or that individual resides. And that there's a level of trust, because I've worked with a lot of foundations that kind of want to micromanage everything. And if you're in, you know, if the board's in Dallas and, you know, but Harvard's in Boston or Columbia's in New York, you're not going to be able to necessarily do that. So I love that you've got a level of trust in the idea of whatever it is, you know, that particular grant's going to do in that year. Yeah, I, and I think that is, uh, you know, what we're, we're striving for. We are, you know, founded in Dallas and we are, you know, headquartered in Dallas and our uh, primary take place in the Metroplex. Uh, but, you know, we're not a Dallas organization because Alzheimer's and dementia is not a Dallas problem. It is, as you mentioned, it is global. It's everywhere. And, and we want to look for the best of the best and, you know, support them in their research, regardless of where that may be, because ultimately this is going to benefit all mankind. And that's what we're after. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to turn turn subjects a little bit now and, sure. you know, talk a little bit about, you know, your business background. So you're a C-level executive and, you know, one, you know, th there's a couple of things. One is, can you explain a little bit the difference between how you approach business versus nonprofits? Because I think sometimes where business people can get frustrated with the nonprofit world is it's it's definitely a different mindset and you can't necessarily not to say that you can't apply any business principles to it, but to treat it as a full-on business business 
you can kind of run into some roadblocks. So what what advice would you give to someone who maybe is looking to join their first board, you know, that does have, you know, a C-level or an executive level business background? Yeah, and it really is a different mindset, uh, Rob. It's, you're exactly right on that. Uh, you know, in the business world, uh, whether you're a, an on-the-line employee or whether you're the chief executive officer, whatever it might be, you know, you have a mindset of making money. I mean, it's a for-profit organization, and what you are doing is exchanging, uh, you know, goods or services for money, and and that's whether you're in the the banking world or manufacturing or construction, whatever it might be, you are offering a service or a product, and you are getting paid for that, and then you want to try to offer the most service, the most product that you can and get the most money for it. And that's, that's what's driving you such a different world in the not-for-profit world, because, you know, there you're offering an idea and you are asking people for money, but you're not giving them anything in return. You are asking them to support a cause and to have that mutual feeling of this is what we believe. We believe it's important to, you know, find fund research, to looking for the causes of uh, Alzheimer's and, and dementia. We want you to believe that's important too. And we would like you to give us your money <laughs> so that we can take that money and aggregate it with others and then you know support the, these research uh, uh, grants. And it's very difficult in a lot of ways, I think, for those of us who are used to saying, well, yes, you should give me your money because I'm going to give you this wonderful thing in exchange for it and you're going to love this. It's a lot harder to ask for for charity. This is a charitable organization. Right. It's a not-for-profit organization. So you are relying upon charity of other people in the goodness of their heart saying, yes, I believe in this too. I want you to have my money. I want you to take this uh, for the mission. Uh, it, it is. It's, it's a very different mindset. And it's something where you know we love – uh, you know, we love not-for-profit specialty people. This is what they do, and and this is their mindset. That that's wonderful. Love having them on the board. Love having them, uh, you know, offer up their 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 time, their their skill set, their their money, whatever it might be. We also love having people from the business world, uh, partly because they bring a skill set. You do need every good board needs to have somebody of a financial mindset, whether they're serving as treasurer or not. You want somebody who's making sure you know you keep the organization out of the ditch and the books are clean and you know exactly right. what's going on with the money. <laughs> that's really important. Uh, you know, ideally, you've got an attorney, you've got somebody, you know, and certainly an organization like Aging Mind Foundation, that you've got somebody with medical background who can, you know, really speak the language and understand things. Uh, but, you know, you find those business people, and it's not just for their skill sets, but it's also for the network, uh, because that is something where we want to leverage uh, the network of people in the business world uh, for individuals uh, that they may know, but also for companies they may know because that is something that you know we are developing as an organization because hey, we're only 10 years old and you know we are evolving right. from uh you know Larry's living room <laughs> to you know an organization <laughs> that, that reaches out and, and you know to, to a broader group of people and as we grow and as we evolve you know that's one of the things that we're really trying to evolve into is corporate sponsorships and finding uh you know we love when individuals give us money that, and, and support aging mind foundation that's fantastic we also love it when when corporations do because uh, many corporations have a giving budget and they do have you know a certain money set aside for charitable causes and we need to know those companies and we need to explain Aging Mind Foundation to them and increase their awareness of it and what we do. And, you know, through that, gain their involvement and, and start getting those corporate dollars because that can make a really big difference in an organization, uh, having companies who can write big checks. That helps a lot. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. And it helps with the cause. What is um, what is something that you notice different? Like, how do you approach differently asking an individual for money? 
versus asking a company? Um, you know, a, a couple of differences, you know, on the individual, there's almost always some level of personal relationship. Uh, you can certainly approach individuals with, without knowing them, but you know, your, your best folks are coming from a network that's already established from somebody who's already serving on the board, somebody who's already a supporter of the organization, uh, you know, finding people that have that personal relationship because there's a trust factor involved there. And there's a very human element to that of, you know, Hey, I know you, I know what you believe in. I know your good heart. We'd like you to help us because of those things. And yes, and you establish that connection and you can do that. It's a little bit different with a corporation because you're not dealing with an individual. Uh, there's certainly still a human element because there are people at the corporation who right. are making decisions. But a lot of times, uh, you know, companies who are, have a, a program within the company for charitable giving have certain standards and protocols and it's well here's our list of you know 10 different things and uh you know where are you based out of what are you doing with that sort of thing that, you, that right. you're having to check more boxes and be sure that you are behaving even though you're a not-for-profit that you're behaving as an organized business because you're going to be working with businesses and you need to be able to meet their protocols and meet the things that they require uh so that is very different of the way that you're approaching the, the companies certainly than how you're approaching individuals. Absolutely. And that actually, I, I had a burning question. I've been waiting for the right time to ask it. And now is the perfect <laughs> time to ask it. So, you know, one thing that obviously is really important with that, you know, especially if you're looking to engage with a company is, you know, making sure that your budgets are well managed. So as a treasurer, what's one thing you think every nonprofit should do or consider when managing their annual budgets? I think a couple of things that are really important, uh, you know, number one is cost control and just being certain that you really have, uh, you know, a, a foundation of what your costs are going to be, particularly when it comes to administrative costs on an annual basis, when it comes to event costs, if you're hosting events to, to fundraise, that it's really easy to spend money to make an event great. <laughs> and it is want to have great <laughs> events. It costs money. And, uh, you know, to, to a business term, you know, you got to spend money to make money. It, it is true in the not-for-profit world as well. You want to host a good event and you want it to be a memorable event. You want people to go and have a good time and say, I'm so glad that I'm here. And in turn, you know, receive uh, more financial support from them. Um, but, from a budgetary standpoint, you got to make really sure you stretch those dollars as far as they can possibly go and that you don't go into an event with a, well, just make it great. And, you know, suddenly <laughs> the checks start rolling out where, where you come in and say, okay, well, here's, you know, you have experienced people who know, look, food and beverage for an event like this should come in around this dollar amount. And, uh, you know, the venue ought to come in here and the entertainment should come in here and really hold to those standards. Uh, but the great news is, when you're cost control, when you're trying to squeeze the most you possibly can out of every dollar, the good news is the other thing that organizations should always do is to ask for support. That so often the vendors that you're using for your events are open. They, they like you. They like the, the cause as well. And ask, I know this is normally you know $10,000 for this. Our budget's only going to be 8,500. Is there anything you can do? Okay, well, let's see what we can do. And maybe there's a way of, of, of discounting there because they're going to want to support the organization. Uh, but there's there's plenty of times that, you know, 
people will support you in surprising ways and you never know unless you ask. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is to get people comfortable with asking for the discount and just saying, we, we want to work with you. We love you. Thank you for, for helping us out. Can you help us out a little bit more? <laughs> and how, <laughs> how often people are supportive of, of doing that at a corporate level. And it, it really does make a difference and uh, goes a long way towards squeezing out that dollar because ultimately, you know, people want to know if I'm donating the dollar to your organization, how much of that dollar is going to go to the cause. Um, you know, we don't necessarily like funding administrative costs and event costs. Right. We like we want our money to go to the cause. Uh, so that's that's certainly incumbent upon the board from a financial basis. You know, a fiduciary responsibility to make sure as much of every dollar possible goes towards the mission. Absolutely, and I, I you you hit on some really really good points in terms of just negotiating. You know, especially with vendors and such. And and the one thing is is that if a particular vendor is at an event at a discount. It almost is a marketing opportunity for them in a lot of ways because that, whether it's an activation, whether it's the florist, whether it's the whomever it is, they may actually wind up getting more, you know, more business out of it. And a year ago, you probably were getting event planners probably doing that just because they were coming out of COVID. But now that things are kind of ramped back up, there's definitely going to be a little bit more of an openness now than there may have been 12 months ago. So for those of you who were maybe doing an event in 2022, and you, you were hitting roadblocks with discounts, it may be a slightly different world now just because everything really has come back with a vengeance in the last six months or so. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. So I, I think we're seeing that, yes. Absolutely. So let's talk about the event itself. So let's talk about the Forget-Me-Not Gala. So you served as Master of Ceremonies. So tell us a little bit about what the master, what a master, an effective Master of Ceremonies does at an event. Uh, well, and, and I think, you know, the master of ceremonies is, of course, there to keep the event running on time, to introduce speakers, to provide some basic information. Uh, however, what you asked is what makes an effective master of ceremonies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I think, you know, the answer to that, uh, the master of ceremonies, I think, is, as much as anybody at the event is going to help really drive the tone of the evening and the, and the feeling of, of the evening. And I, I think a very good, you know, master of ceremonies uh, has, you know, three basic jobs. And it's, you know, to, to in, keep everyone informed, keep everyone entertained and to keep that forward momentum going. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's important uh, for an event. It, it can be really tough, as you know, with events. Sometimes you get a lot of people that come to the podium and, well, we've got to let so-and-so have some time and we've got to let so-and-so be able to, to say something. And, you know, we have really tried at this past gala to minimize the number of people at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> as much as possible to keep that forward momentum going uh, because some people are, are wonderful people and, and great supporters, but not necessarily if they have a microphone in their hand, what should have been a, a one minute turns into nine or 10 minutes and it, it, it bleeds a little bit off of the, the, the excitement of the evening. So we, we try to certainly keep the, the ball rolling. Um, and you know, our event started with our, our, our gala co-chairs, uh, Jonica Nix and Tia Wynn, who are amazing people. And they did a great job to just to thank people there. Uh, and, then, you know, my job as hopefully an effective MC at that point is to come up and, and, and inform the group. You know, we've got 300 people there. Now, theoretically, everybody knows they're there for the Aging Mind Foundation Gala. <laughs> they know where they are. But <laughs> yeah. how many of them, this is their very first time here. Do they know what Aging Mind Foundation is about? Do they know, you know, how it started and what we're here for, what the mission's for? Because that's really everybody who's there that evening 
is there for a reason. Uh, as far as AG Mind Foundation is concerned, we, that reason is we want to garner their support. We want them uh, to provide financial support to us, yes, but we also want them to be able to tell other people, you know, something that they learned that night and it, it had enough of an impact on them that night that going forward, they might tell somebody else about it. And, you know, we really kind of spread the network out for AG Mind Foundation. So I certainly think, you know, keeping everyone informed early in the evening, this is why we're here. This is what we're here for. And, uh, you know, hopefully making it as entertaining as possible, keeping the mood light, keeping the energy there, uh, especially something like with, with Alzheimer's disease and, and other types of dementia. Uh, as we were talking earlier, everybody's been impacted with it and nobody is impacted with positive stories of, oh, I remember that time. That this right. Happened. Exactly. It's, it's, this is a terrible, cruel disease. Um but because of that, it would be very easy for the evening to become kind of maudlin and just kind of, ah, oh, this is a terrible thing, and please, let's raise some money so that we can stop it. We don't want that. We're not there to grieve, and what we are really focused on at that gala is to emphasize that we're not there to grieve the bad things. We are there to celebrate that we have an opportunity to raise money to fund research that could actually change this going forward, that can actually make an impact, and that's not something to be sad about that's something to be excited about let's all you know raise that level of excitement let's all raise some money let's do something good to make a difference in the future and you know that as as the mc i think is such an important thing to convey of this is not a sad occasion this great we're so glad that we're here let's all do something about it uh so that's a really big deal and, and i think uh you know the, the the final thing in talking about what makes an effective mc is to keep that forward momentum going is to you know start it off strong and just keep the evening going and make sure that it doesn't stall out because once people start to lose interest as you know that you know tends to excitement wanes and if excitement's waning it's not as good of an evening maybe the funds aren't quite there to support like you might have hoped for we want everybody involved from the moment they walk in to the moment moment they walk out saying that was the greatest event I've ever been to. That's the goal, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's I love that, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, really three things. It's informed engagement and keep it, you know, and keep it moving. And what's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who because I think most people understand the first one, but the second and the third, the second and the third topics require a little bit more of an intangible or an X factor. So what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone either who's looking to be a master of ceremonies or an MC, or even someone who's looking to find the right one? Like what what is what is one piece of advice you would give to keep that audience engaged? Uh, you know, you, you talked earlier, Rob, about the journey and the destination. And I think as an MC, you need to be very clear in your own mind long before the event takes place. What's our destination? What do we want as an organization to get out of the evening? What do we want our audience, our attendees, what do we want them to get out of the evening? Figure out what that is and then arrange everything from there you know, plan your journey based on that destination. You know, for us, it was about uh, the Forget Me Not Gala for, for 2023. It was about that sense of hope, that sense of excitement, that notion of we can make a difference. We are here to make a difference. So from there, everything we're planning needs to be around. Make sure it's go to that destination is, is what I have to say right now. 
is it going to get us towards that destination or is it going to veer us off track? Are we going to go to the left or the right? Or is it, is it going to be, uh, you know, present a different tone than what we might like? We, no, we want the tone to be upbeat. We want the excitement yeah. level to be there. Uh, so I, I do think that that is, uh, you know, as, as a, an MC in any type of event that you do figure out where you want to go, find that destination and then plan the journey accordingly. That's a perfect way to describe it. Now, when you were going to the destination, the destination being you know the end, the end of the gala. What was your favorite moment in your journey through the night of the Forget Me Not Gala this year? There were so many <laughs> moments that they were really terrific. I, I will tell you one, and and this is one of those things where uh, it, it's a little bit surprising, and, and I'll tell you why. So, uh, part of our evening, we we did have auctions, and uh, you know, had some wonderful. Uh, items that were up for auction experiences, that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things we had done was have what we call memorable moments dinners, where we had some terrific uh, supporters of Aging Mind Foundation who had offered to host events in their homes at dinners for, you know, 20 to 40 people, special themes, all of that, and uh, an opportunity for those in attendance at the gala to, to purchase tickets to these evenings. It might be anywhere from $1,000, $2,000 a, a seat, that sort of thing. Uh, it's a terrific way of raising money, and it's a terrific way of kind of keeping events going that aren't necessarily Aging Mind Foundation events, but are actually held by our supporters. Uh, well, one of those events uh, was a uh, a dinner being hosted by uh, celebrity chef uh, Kent Rathbun. Oh, and, fantastic! Uh, and, and of course, Kent is a very well known in the Dallas area, and uh, you know, nationally, he's been on Iron Chef America. He defeated Bobby Flay. <laughs> You know, restaurant. That's a concept. good place to start. It's a good place to start. You know, <laughs> restaurant concepts that have been terrifically successful, and he's a, a really nice guy. Uh, but Ken had offered he's hosting a barbecue uh, with his friend Troy Aikman, and uh, these are both you know supporters of Aging Mind Foundation, and. Uh, you know, the we had auctioneers who were up and, and describing the event, and people were were buying tickets here and there. And uh, Kent happened to be there, and he walked up to the stage wearing his his you know signature chef chef uniform, mind you. <laughs> Kent took the microphone and began to talk about the evening. And what he did though was starting it off with why he was doing it and revealing to us that, Hey, my mother-in-law has, uh, you know, was diagnosed with Louis body dementia and here's the experience that we had. And it was, you know, it was terrible and we've got to do something about this. And here's what I'm doing to try to help. I'm going to, you know, host this barbecue dinner. What you're going to do is buy tickets and you're going to come and have a great time and get some great food and listen. And he really pumped the audience up. And, and that was, you know, a, a wonderful moment in the evening, uh, partly because yes, it's exciting. You've got somebody famous is, and all of this excitement that's happening in the room, but it's also a matter of showing that, look, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, these are not diseases of the poor. These are not, oh, that happens to somebody else. Look, rich or poor, famous or just the rest of us. I mean, we are all impacted by this thing and, and seeing that moment. And, you know, the from a personal standpoint, this dovetails into the other favorite moment of the night, if you can call it that. But you know, I know that sometimes when you have a loved one who has some uh, a disease, no matter what it might be, but Alzheimer's especially and, and, and dementia, that you know, can feel very isolating. And yeah. I know, you know, for me, when my mother was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia, you know, the doctor said that, and I said, "What? I what was that? I've, I've never yeah. heard of that before. I never heard of this disease, this Lewy body dementia." 
Uh, now, later, it became a little more famous. It was uh, post-death. We learned that, you know, Robin Williams, uh, that this was actually something that he was afflicted with, did of not course. know at the time. Uh, but but we learned about that. But still, it was something that, like I said, I, I had never heard of that. And then I dealt with this with my mother. And then uh, Kent Rathbun comes up and says, hey, this is my mother-in-law. This is what has happened to, to her. Uh, at the table that evening uh, that I was sitting at was a, a friend of mine whom I've known for more than 20 years. And... Uh, I had mentioned in the informed part of my master of ceremonies thing, and I had just mentioned, hey, this is one of the reasons I'm here. You know, my mother had suffered from Lewy body dementia. Mm -hmm. Later on in the evening, Kent Rathbun says it. This friend of mine, um, who I granted, I, I don't get to see him all that often, but he leaned over the table and he said, I had no idea your mother had Lewy body dementia. My father passed away from Lewy body dementia. Wow. And all of us who, you know, felt like this was some very small percentage, such a small thing, you know, of a disease we've never heard of. And then to find out, look, it, it's out there. This, this is real. And, you know, and there's so many types of dementia. And of course, Alzheimer's is the, the, the big name one. Um, but, you know, that sense of isolation, not being there. Now you have a sense of community of, look, it's not just me. There are so many of us that are impacted by that. And it's, it's hard to call it a favorite moment because these are very sad right. things, but it's also a connecting moment that you have. And you just say, I never would have known that had we not all come together in this place for this cause. And now I know something more. And, and you have that sense of community, that sense of connectedness. And it, it is really quite extraordinary. Well, I, I think it's extraordinary. I love the story because though it all started and I think people get wrapped up in this. They think, oh God, it's, just, it's a big, it's a top gale. It raises six figures. It raises seven figures. It's got to be produced perfectly and everything just goes one by one by one. And it's like a machine. And really it was a spontaneous moment by Kent who went up to the stage, probably was not planned. Nope. He went and talked. <laughs> you had your favorite moment with your friend that you had not seen in a while. And it really when those spontaneous moments happen, that begets more of the fun just because people, you can sense when something is planned and when something is not planned. And when it's spontaneous, people will turn around and they will pay attention and they will, you know, you'll have their undivided attention for in a moment in a way that you don't necessarily have when it's formulaic and when everything is kind of going perfectly according to plan. So just make sure to embrace the spontaneous moments because it can beget with you, it beget a, a wonderful moment with your friend, it beget more wonderful moments. Yes, exactly. And that's where, uh, you know, events are important and having things that happen there, This is, it's nice and, oh, the food's good and the music's wonderful and all of that, but it is, it is that human element and it is those moments of connection that that makes for the memorable evening. Uh, and for a gala that we have titled Forget Me Not, is certainly something that is, is powerful and, and impactful because that's something that I, I will never forget that, that moment that I had with my friends. So yes, I agree completely. Fantastic. And I've got one more question for you. And that is, what is the biggest key to a successful gala or signature fundraiser? Uh, you know, I, I think this goes right back uh, a little bit towards the find the destination and then plan the journey accordingly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the biggest key to success in, in any uh, event like this is making that connection with your attendees, making a very clear connection with them of why you're here. Uh, you're not just here to you know have a glass of wine and enjoy you know, some, some time on the dance floor or anything like that. Yeah, we want you to have fun, but why you're there, you were there for a very specific reason. And that specific reason is the mission of this organization. Understand what that 
mission is. Understand how you can make a difference. You can take part in that mission, whether it's by a financial donation, whether it's by making a connection to somebody in your network who can do some good things for the organization, whether it's for, you know, we have people who are there saying, hey, I want to get involved. I didn't realize that AG Mind Foundation was out there, and I didn't realize you guys did this. I'd love to be involved. What can I do? To, how can I serve on, on this group? What, how can I help? That's the thing that you want to really establish, that the key to the success of a gala is to make sure people get why they're there and how they can make a difference and what they can do uh, as we all want to be on board with this exact same mission and how can we all contribute in whatever manner that may be to get us along the journey, get us to that destination that the mission is targeting. I can't think of a better way to, to end this conversation. That was the, the perfect statement for that. And Derek, thank you again for joining us today. Um, you were a wonderful wealth of knowledge. And, you know, it was really it was really good to talk with a master of ceremonies and a treasure. It's a um, it's a unique mix, one that I don't run into every day. So it was it was really fun to get get such a unique perspective such as yours. Well, Rob, thank you. It has certainly been my pleasure. Like I say, it is my uh, my honor to serve uh, however I can with Aging Mind Foundation. I would encourage uh, anyone who might be listening to the podcast who would like to learn more, please go to agingmindfoundation.org uh, to get all the information you might need about uh, our mission and, and how we try to get there. And Rob, thank you so much. Thank you for what you do uh, for the not-for-profit community. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, it has been my pleasure being here. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for, for joining us, Derek. And that will do it for this episode of Fun and Fundraising. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care. <laughs>